Okay, Yashikoyach, Yashikoyach, this week's Parsha is Parsha Shmois. And uh, it's an amazing opportunity now to, to start a new Sefer, a new Sefer. We end off on each Sefer that we finish in the Torah. We finish off and we say, in unison, Chazak, Chazak, Veniz Chazak. Now, why do we say that? We say that because we mechazik ourselves. Mitzad, the fact, number one, we finish the Sefer. But also now, when we go Michal Chal, we go from strength to strength. Michazak, Michazak, we go from strength of the Torah of the previous Sefer that we just finished, to the new Sefer. So starting a new Sefer is an opportunity of his chadshis, an opportunity of growth. Now it's really interesting, as we know, this Sefer Shmois begins, the Yerida of Klal Yisrael, the Mitzrayim, the Shibud, the, the origin story of Moshe Abenu, and everything along that that it comes on. It's like, you can't even like write this, you know? This stuff is, is, is better than any movie, any God forbid, any trafkite that you can find. The story, the origin story of Moshe Rabbeinu is, is a fascinating, fascinating episode. And as you know, Moshe's birth was hidden. Why? Because Paro had made a gezera to kill all the firstborn sons. He then, what does he do? He then is his whisked away and sent down the Nile in a basket, only to be found by Paro's daughter, Bisya Bas Paroi, who raised him as his own. Now Miriam, who, follow, who follows along, Suggests and says, oh, should I get you a wet nurse, right? Should I get you a wet nurse for the Hebrew, from the Hebrew women who will nurse the boy for you? Speaking, obviously, to Bishya Baspiro. Now, Rashi quotes the Medjish Rabbah. I'm going to read to you in English, but the Medjish Rabbah says like this. That the fact that Miriam specified that she will call a wet nurse from among the Jewish women, this teaches us that Paro's daughter had taken Moshe around to so many Egyptian women, and he would not nurse from them because he was destined to speak. He was destined to speak with Hashem, with the Shekhinah. Now the Gemara in Saita tells us that Moshe would not nurse from any of the Mitzrios, from any of the Mitzri women because the taste of non-kosher foods, food was evident in their milk. He could taste And therefore, Moshe Abenu, who would eventually speak with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, was not... It was not befitting of, for him to drink from milk that was not kosher. And interestingly, this is a very famous idea. The, the Gra cites exactly this medjish as the Makor for Halacha the Ramah brings down. I think it's in Pei Aleph in Hilchas Yeridea. He quotes the Halacha that when a person, it, when possible, a person should specifically use the milk not of a Gentile, but of a Jewish woman. Why? Because a Gentile woman who eats not kosher it's ki'ilu, it's nichnas into the, into the milk, and therefore a ki'ilu, in a sense, would have a hashpa on the child. Now, Yaakov Kamenetsky famously says, how is this medjish approved for the, from the Ramah? I mean, why is the Ramah, why, why is the Ramah, according to the Gra, the, the, the Ramah's source is from the Gemara and Salita, from Moshe Abenu. Where did the Gra get it from? All the source shows is that Moshe, who, who he himself was destined to speak with the Shekhinah, could, would not take, from Jewish, from, not take from non-Jewish milk. But who's to say that Stam, any other person who is I mean, we're not Moshe Rabbeinu, we Moshe, Moshe, come Moshe, that we should also be careful and be makbid to not get from, non- from non-Jewish milk. So Yaakov Kamenetsky answers that this is a big principle in education in Chinuch, that we must view every child as the next potential Moshe Rabbeinu. The Rambam even says in the Chuvah that every person has the ability to rise up to be the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Each one has the ability to grow to their greatest. They can be the greatest max potential of themselves. And therefore, we must assume that every child will fulfill their full potential and cannot drink from Jewish milk. Yes, it's possible that every single child, and this is such a principle. I, was, I, I, I very much appreciate having been raised in an out-of-town community as opposed to in-town. I'm not here to talk about anything specific and to be negative about anybody, any particular communities. But oftentimes, when you have chinuch, 
in places where you have a large amount, large students or large bodies, you have a class of 40 students, of 30 students. You have obviously, oftentimes in any field of education, you have the upper echelon, you have the, you have the middle brains, and you have the lower brains. And oftentimes the school's so big, they have the ability, unfortunately, I don't think, I don't think it's proper, to make classes where it's an aleph shear, then it's a beige shear, there's a gimel shear, right? When you're from out of town and you're not really pooling from such a large population, then you don't have the, the luxury of, in a sense, separating the, the cream from the crop, which means you have to really teach to the entire class. And the class can sometimes have higher and lower, and that is actually forces the Rebbe to have to teach the entire class that is a level which is shavu l'chol nefesh. Now, some could argue that maybe derides or de, sorry, degrades from the top students. I don't know. I'm not a master mechanic. I don't pretend to know everything. But the point is, is that when you have that luxury of actually having to relate to every student, of connecting to all students, it forces you to then view every student with potential. You can't just pick and choose the ones that you decide are going to be your personal favorites. The same idea that a person has to look at every child in Chinuch, that this child could be the next Marsha Rabbeinu. I actually heard a really interesting story once that the entire, I think it was the entire in the 80s was meeting at the house of, uh, of Rabbi Yaakov, maybe it was the late 70s, and his daughter-in-law, Rabbi daughter-in-law was expecting at the time. And after the meeting had ended, and, and everyone arose, and the, the question arose, who would leave first? Who would give him the, the source to leave first? All, of course, all the Gdom starts saying, no, you leave first, no, you leave first. Right? Yaakov insisted his daughter-in-law should go first. She was apparently in the room. He said, she should go in first. Even before Moshe fighting, can you imagine such a thing? The greatest leader generation. Why? He said, because she has a child, and she could potentially bring, be carrying Mashiach. What's the idea? The idea is he said on the potential, the, the tremendous opportunity that this child could vax lois. Doesn't mean Chas V'Shom is a degradation of Moshe, of Moshe Feinstein. Moshe Feinstein, obviously, Moshe Feinstein. But in a sense, it also says that there's such a beauty and potential. Potential is limitless. And in a sense, because it's limitless, it requires more respect to, to see that. And Rakov Kavnetsky saw, lived, and, and looked at the world through that prism. But the truth is, it doesn't, you don't have to look at it specifically even from a child's perspective. I think you can even bring this idea a little bit even more practical. What, think about it like this, you know, that beginning of a child's life, true, we must look at them with potential. However, for ourselves, we also have an opportunity to speak to HaKadosh Baruch. I think it really kind of forces us to also reimagine or revisit what it means tefillah, that we all daven. We are asid l'dabe'i mashchina. Now, oftentimes, Hashem doesn't necessarily respond back, at least from our perspective, at least from our understanding. Of course, Hashem is always answering our tefillahs, whether it's answering a yes or a no. But Hashem is speaking to us, and we're for sure speaking to Hashem. Which means that we need to view, have, have that prism and perspective of, how am I treating my pet? Am I treating, am I talking positively? Am I pumping people up? Am I being, bringing simcha to other people? I try very hard personally. I try very hard personally to be the type of person that when you come in contact with me, I'm going to make you a happier person after you've left me. It means I try to be funny, I try to crack a joke, I try to find something positive and nice to say. Not because I'm special, because I just think that everybody has a mission. Everybody has a particular idea of how to make their peh, their kayacha peh, better. And how to use it for a proper, proper tool to help others. So we should be zaycha to this, we should have that opportunity. And to have, and to take advantage of, the, of, of those opportunities. To understand the kayacha peh, that we ourselves also are medaber im hashchina. Which means we also have to be more cognizant of what comes out of our mouth. What goes in our mouth? Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos.